0: Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. This isn't about a computer, you you know, get into some space world technology. This we can't tackle.
1: Come after me! I'm a man! I'm
0: forty. Uh, I don't know. That's a great point. We we're we we're like one of the most constipated offenses on earth. And you know we uh...
1: I'm here to tell you right now we don't care. Let me tell you, right, let me tell you we don't care. Welcome back everyone. Uh, it is Friday or uh, if you're a Barstool person, it's Friday. It is the first NFL weekend, which makes it, I don't know, the best weekend of the year maybe. Um, now there's a, a full slate of college games and the, the opening weekend of NFL games, the Chiefs-Lions being played as we record this. Um, the, so far, uh, the Lions look way better than they did last year. They were competitive last year, but now they look like good
0: competitive. Yeah, hard not to dislike what you've seen so far. Um, I mean, especially going into that game, knowing you're playing the the reigning Super Bowl champions. That yeah, they've looked they've looked decent.
1: So that's exciting if you're a Lions fan or a Dan Campbell fan, and um, very ominous for all the kneecaps around the league. <laughs> so given that it's friday given that it's the first full slate of football through the entire weekend from the college level all the way through the pros we're uh, coming at you with a, a picks pod we have 10 games five at the college level on saturday five in the nfl on um three during the day sunday and then the sunday night and monday night games i think Um, a quick recap of how we did last week. Not great. I think I was one (laughs) game above 500, um, had some good, some bad and some ugly, uh, at least from my side in, in the picks that I had made. Um, Jack, I'll give you a, a chance to make a couple quick comments, but I thought, um, on the good side, um, I liked North Carolina in that uh, matchup. I liked Duke. I can't remember if we formally picked Duke or informally just talked about Duke, but I liked Duke in that game. I didn't have a winning outright, but I did like them to cover. Um, maybe that was the good side. The bad side, I um, I had Boise State covering and uh, against Washington, who got the doors blown off of them. And then, uh, of course, the ugly side. I had TCU covering 20 and a half losing outright to Colorado. And then I had LSU covering um, their two and a half losing outright big on Sunday night against Florida state. Well, it's a new week though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you did better than me. Um, I was also, I was right there with you on some of those rough picks and fitting our one unanimous pick that, the four of us agreed on was Ohio state covering 30 at Indiana. Yikes. And they, they just looked, I mean, they, it looked like a week one game for them say, I think that's enough to describe it. Just not really the explosive offense I was expecting them to see out the gates, but um, yeah. And then we were also on the, on the right side of that uh, front door <laughs> cover from, from, Penn Oh state yeah. yeah. How about? could you not mention that? <laughs> Where I mean, good lord, James Franklin. There's no way he does not know what the spread is. In
1: case. No man. They're, they're saying James Franklin making all his boosters uh, a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, you know all those boosters yeah. that uh, fund all his bills were heavy. Penn State against the spread. There's, there's no, no other explanation for what well, they run like three plays inside the fifteen, up uh, by yeah. greater than two scores with thirty seconds left.
0: Yeah. Including yeah, throwing was, the ball, it was it was clear as day an attempt to cover because that was I mean a, a, a pretty close game from the the majority yes. of it, and I yeah, just this... thought like I mean start of the fourth quarter I, I thought yeah no way like this bet's dead like add another L to my my weekly tally and then sure as shit that last meaningless possession. He's like, nope, we need six. Like, what does that mean?
1: Yeah, easily. Like the, you know, I've heard people talk about bad beats, meaning like the spirit of the game means it, it obviously should not end up one way, and then for whatever reason, the score ends up that way. Um, the spirit oh, yeah. of that game was not a 20 and a half. The, the, the spirit of that game was, was definitely a, yeah, a much closer game than the spread. But just like you said it's a it's a new week it's uh maybe a redemption week i I mean week one with big spreads is so hard you know everybody's anticipating um what they think is going to come out of an off season and and that's all speculation and then covering big spreads is really hard penn state we got lucky being on the right end of of a big front door cover but with spreads like that backdoor covers are i think impossible to predict this weekend um Thankfully, all of our games are within a score. a couple of hooks, but otherwise they're all within a score. So a little bit different than trying to be on the right side of a big spread. Um, yeah,
0: exactly. And there's always just such a, an unknown factor as you start each college football season uh, just given the general like roster turnover. Um, and so now I have a better idea of or at least a slightly better idea of, of what what a lot of these teams are and yeah got a lot i mean typically the case is like week two you get a lot more competitive games because week one is the preferred slot for the the tune-up game the pay games um yeah so yeah get a much um much better board and then pair that along with the nfl like you mentioned it's a hell of a weekend
1: yeah talk about a hell of a weekend um we that- might run into a little bit of that kind of unpredictability at the NFL level being that it's week one and, and same kind of thing, making some judgments based on speculation, but at least in, in the NFL, um, the week to week changes or the season to season changes, excuse me, are, are a little bit more of a known commodity where in college, you kind of have to wait for the week to week changes just because it, there's typically bigger swings at the college level between seasons and the, in the, in the NFL, those guys are veterans. They're a lot of times multi-year places, even guys that transfer over in free agency, um, are, are somewhat of known commodities from where they came from, where that can be a bigger wild card in college, as we definitely saw with Dion. So, uh, I say that to say that hopefully we, um, uh, hopefully we hit our stride in, in these picks. Um, so let's get to the slate then. Um, Starting in the uh, 11 a.m. central time spot on Saturday, so five games in college, five games in the NFL. Uh, the 11 a.m. slot, the first game of the day that we have is uh, the Fighting Irish traveling to Raleigh uh, to take on North Carolina State. That game has nerd Dame favored by seven and a half. Then in the afternoon slot, we have Texas a heading to Miami and a favored by four. Uh, Ole Miss traveling to new Orleans to Tulane Ole Miss favored by seven and a half. Um, and then, uh, the night slot has an interesting one, Oregon leaving Eugene and heading down to West Texas, uh, to take on Texas tech Oregon favored by six and a half. And then, uh, probably the headliner of the weekend is, uh, the Longhorns heading to Tuscaloosa where Alabama's favored by seven in that game. And then in the, the, um, Actually, I'll tell you what, let's just do the college ones and then we can introduce the NFL ones and um, go from there uh, for the, the Sunday games that we've got. But starting with those, let's start with the Notre uh, Dame-North Carolina State game. Um, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Um, I th- This is, I feel like, somewhat um, unusual territory for me because I'm more often than not like the very uh, – well, a bit more reserved ND fan when it comes to coming out there and then beating the drum that they're going to cover spreads. But Sam Hartman's got me feeling some type of way uh, this (laughs) season. I think (laughs) I I even I texted our group. I thought uh, seven and a half was was a bit insulting because if Notre Dame's a team that I think they are, they go out there and win this by by two scores plus um, and uh, like don't really leave leave much doubt. Um, I could see it being pretty competitive, close through two, two and a half, three quarters. Um, but I, I think it should be, it shouldn't be much of a sweat in this one for Notre Dame to cover the seven and a hook. Um, so just, I, I just think they're a better team. Um, uh, but like I said, it's it is always tough early in the season going on the road, the first true road game, um, and then you also, you know, this is their first quote-unquote real test because their uh their games in week zero and week one were against you know very clearly inferior opponents so uh a little bit of adjustment early on like i said i think it's gonna be close but their name should should definitely cover the seven and a half
1: yeah i am um, like you said the first true road game here I, i'm with you i i like their name covering the the seven and a half here. Um, this there are a couple spots um in the college slate that have you kind of tilting your head a little bit when you look at the vegas line and if I've learned anything um, burning holes in my pockets it's that if if you think one way and Vegas thinks a different way Vegas is probably right um and there are <laughs> there are a couple of uh spots just all across the board in the the college game some of them were not discussing here that make you do that this game I would argue does that um I think the majority of the public is going to be with you thinking that if their name is the team that we think that they are Sam Hartman has had what like 12 drives this year and uh has scored touchdown on 11 of them uh and has yet to punt if if they're that team that team should show up in Raleigh and win going away um some other interesting tidbits I thought for this game were um, Sam Hartman with Wake Forest um, has thrown more interceptions against Wake Forest than he has uh, to any other opponent in his career. Uh, now it's Wake Forest. It's a different offense. I think he's asked to do a lot more in the Wake Forest offense than he is at Notre Dame. It's unlike, unlike Wake Forest, Notre Dame has a running game. Um, so, I don't know, trying to to justify why the line is where it is. Um, I know the weather's not supposed to be great. If anybody remembers the last time Notre Dame played at North Carolina State, it was a monsoon that Brian Kelly threw the ball like 30 something times, completed nine and, and lost this like crazy 10 to seven game. And that year they went four and eight. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, that was beyond ugly of a game. So shouldn't see that
1: game. Um uh, should, should see that uh type of game here um hopefully it's not as much of a downpour i don't think it's calling for that kind of weather but uh maybe no, calling for a
0: little yeah. bit of rain i, I don't uh, think it'll be anywhere near as bad as that was
1: no the the only other thing that gave me pause about the irish covering this is um i still think despite having sam hartman uh, they're a run first team and north carolina state was great against the run last year and a, a Decent defense at home um, makes people um, hesitant about covering big spreads. Um, not that this is a big spread, but it's greater than one score. Uh, but despite all of that, um, at the end of the day, I'm with you. If, if Notre Dame is the team that they showed uh, that they could be against bad opponents in week one and two, if they're that team, they're going to come in here and they're going to win by somewhere between 13 to 17 points i think in like a 31 to 14 kind of game or 31 17 kind of game um let's flip to the aggies um headed to miami this one's interesting this is another one that um maybe not to the same extent as um some of the other games on the schedule, but this is one that people would look at this line and um ask why four. Uh AM sitting at uh four point favorites. Um uh, some places have it down to three and a half, um, traveling to Miami. This is a a big spot for both of these teams. Um, both of them with something to prove, both of them feel like they're significantly improved compared to last year. I'm, with a little bit more preseason hype, cracking the Associated Press's top 25, uh, coming to Miami. A team that has a lot to prove and and probably feels like it needs to to prove. Uh, And this is a great spot for them to get a chance to do it early in the season at home. What do you think?
0: I I was... This was... (laughs) Another one like like you mentioned, I was a bit surprised. I would have I would have thought this would be closer to like a, a true pick'em. Um my thinking here is that more often than not, when you see these non-conference, like decently decently good programs schedule these home and homes, I feel like they're almost always splits. And last year's game in college station was like close-ish to a stalemate. I know. A&M ended up winning uh, by by eight in that meeting, but it felt like it could go anyway. Like just one big play could have could have changed the results uh, in that meeting. And Miami, in these big games, has a decent home field advantage. Uh, I know a lot of people, especially on Twitter, like to to rag on their their home attendance, which at times when they you know play some of their like for example for for instance the game they played last week. Um, or, or any other like pay games like early on in the season like can struggle to to draw crowds. Uh, but in a game like this, like it's probably going to be a pretty decent environment where where I think it would be fair to say they have a true home field advantage. Um, and so I'm taking the Canes, uh, but I expect this to be very close. I don't feel like incredibly confident about it. Um, but I just view these two teams kind of level. Um, and so I'm, I'm taking the points here.
1: You like, um, you have a, a winner prediction. You yeah. like Miami to cover.
0: I, I, um, I think, Miami, no, that's... yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, would if I had to guess on, on the winner, I would, I think Miami wins outright, but, um, mm. I am more confident making that pick against sure. this spread.
1: Yeah, the pick that we have here is is you're getting four points with them. I was just curious if you had a lean on the like yeah. the actual winner of the the game. Um, I so my initial thought on this game was the line was going to open really big, and I was going to really like Miami plus a big number. Um, turns yeah. out that the line opened small, and it seems like there's some juice to shrink it even more. You know, I think it it opened around four and a half. Um, at the time of our recording, consensus feels like it's four. You can get it some places at three and a half. Um, and I saw one bet split earlier that had uh most of the tickets and the handle on AM, but the line it has some momentum falling towards Miami. So not quite a technically a true reverse line move, but but definitely has that feeling. Where Vegas may be up to something despite the public staying on AM minus the short number. Um, I don't feel great about this pick either way. Um, I was really hoping that the the line was going to open somewhere around the Nerd Aim line, and I would have felt great about Miami plus like a touchdown. Uh, and the, the reason I don't feel that great about it is um, I think the things that travel when you're a team like AM coming to, I agree with you, what I think will be a hostile environment. Uh, is your trenches and NM is significantly improved up front, both offens- offensively and defensively. Offensive line went through a bunch of big growing pains last year. Um, they feel they're much improved. They're bringing back a lot of that experience, and then their pass rush should be very good. I say should be because I think it's hard to to get a a good judge based on their uh, New Mexico opponent in Week One, uh, and those two things do travel. Between Wegman, or Wegman and uh, TVD and Tyler Van Dyke, I don't know who I trust more. Um, I'd probably say the quarterback at home if it's that much of a toss-up. I think AM is going to cover this, but just because of the way that scoring works in the the, the game of football with a six-point touchdown, and I think um, the game is going to feel very close. I think this is a one-score game. Um all the way through, um, could even not that these are two explosive offenses, um, or at least unproven explosive offenses could even come down to the last possession or last drive or two of the game. Uh, but I think, I think AM's going to cover. So another interesting one in the afternoon slot, Ole Miss traveling to Tulane, uh, Man, Tulane's been fun since their Cotton Bowl win against USC at the end of last season. The, they got week, or they got South Alabama in week one at home. A uh, lot of people were really heavy on South Alabama, thinking that Tulane would regress from the kind of special season that they had, and uh, thinking that South Alabama was uh, going to quietly have a very good season. And Tulane really comfortably handled that game. Now they get an Ole Miss team, which I feel like Ole Miss is the hardest team to put your finger on the last like three seasons in a row, especially coming off a extremely dominant win in week one from an off season that I don't know what to make, you know, a new quarterback in, in Jackson dart, their superstar running back, Quinchon Juggins is back. Their complimentary back is now gone. Zach Evans is in the NFL. Um and an interesting spot, too, to have a, a big name like Ole Miss travel to Tulane. Um, really good for the American Athletic Conference. Ole Miss in this spot is favored by seven and a half. So Tulane catching a touchdown and a hook here. What do you like?
0: Um, man, I was hoping that they would toss a couple more points to Tulane after Ole Miss put up 70 in in week one um i i i'm picking Tulane lane just because and here's why pat just because it's more fun it's more fun to root for <laughs> that's Tulane. that's what i'm talking about put <laughs> seven and a half than it is to root for old miss to cover seven and a half um maybe uh call it like college football sportsmanship karma for hanging 70 on an opponent uh, in week one that you, you catch an L week too. Um So yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go with the green wave. I, and this, I, I say this again, like I said, I, I was anticipating to, to be getting maybe, I guess 10 considering Tulane is, is like a decent, like a, a very good power, uh, group of five program. Um, maybe that, that expectation is a little bit, Misled, but I thought this might be a little bit closer to ten, which would make it much more appealing to me. Um, but I mean, I'm excited to see how they look uh, on Saturday. Um, I mean, obviously they uh, they got the the most attention in their bowl game and their uh, late heroics against USC to beat them uh, at the end of last season. Um, and so I, I'm hoping that this is an opportunity for them to kind of build on that because. Um, Is neat to see uh, some of these group of five programs sort of build on past successes and start to become, you know, like legitimately like like frisky uh, teams when it comes to scheduling games against power five opponents. Especially considering we're only a year away from the expanded playoff, when we're going to get to see more of them in in these bigger postseason games.
1: Yeah, um, a topic topic for a. An episode outside of like a pick 'em episode, right. but thinking about a like fringe top 25 team in Tulane from a group of five conference playing a game like this with like in the setting of an expanded playoff gets really interesting. It's like, hypothetically, what if they beat Ole Miss, they go 11-1, and 1, they lose their conference championship game. They're not one of the six highest-ranked teams, but then they have a win against a top-25 SEC team, and that's a similar opponent. Um, so games like this, I think, will expand the playoff in a way bigger than just the 12-team expansion, but a, a topic for another time. Um, I am with you. I am on Tulane here um, for similar reasons. I think both of these offenses have a chance to be explosive and in a in yeah. a shootout game like that um uh, if i'm especially if i'm getting the hook i'm going to take the the home team and especially when that home team is catching the points the um i think the key in this game is going to be how well two lanes defense they have a new defensive coordinator who i think was at troy last year um And that game was closer. If I remember right, that game was closer than uh, people expected it to be. Um, Troy played Ole Miss last year. Not that there's much to carry over other than maybe he's a good defensive mind. Uh, But I think if they have the ability to limit the big plays that could come from this explosive offense that hung 73 on Mercer, uh, if they're able to limit those explosive plays, I think they really have a chance to, to keep up and, like keep pace scoring wise to at least keep this within seven so i'm i'm with you i'm on the uh the green wave now this next game the night slot i think this one's on fox um oregon coming to texas tech oregon favored by six and a half this is Yet Yet another spot that I think people would scratch their heads. So from the top, top, since I've said that a few times, um, Utah Baylor, Utah is only favored by seven and a half. Baylor just lost to it last year. year, Terrible this year, much improved Texas state team, Nebraska, Nebraska, Colorado, after what Colorado did against TCU, they're only favored by three. We talked about the Notre Dame game. Um, Besides, Besides those, this might be the next biggest or or maybe even bigger than those of a head-scratcher of a line. Oregon, who looked absolutely dominant in uh, their week one, traveling to Texas Tech, who lost to uh, Wyoming in a crazy double overtime game. Uh, Oregon, favored by less than a full
0: touchdown, favored by six and a half on the road here. Why? I... I th- think the only reason that at least makes sense to me is that you maybe will see that like there's somewhat of a bounce back factor for for texas tech and that they're wanting to avenge their their first loss of the season and try and get get right in the win column um but i mean i like you am am just surprised that it's as small of a line as it is and because it's that small. I'm going with with Oregon minus the points. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see this um, be a a bit of a close game and more back and forth. Uh, yeah, I mean, like one of two ways this can go is like Texas Tech comes out and like plays inspired in front of their their home fans and like is rightfully like fueled after a disappointing loss to open their season or it's like a bit of like a, a hangover game, you know, it's a a longer uh, highly emotional game uh, in overtime that they lost on the road. Um, It could go uh, one of two ways. So uh, I'm not trying to overthink it with, with all that reasoning here. I just think Oregon's uh, definitely at a minimum, a touchdown better than Texas tech. Uh, So, so I'm taking with the ducks and, and laying the points.
1: Yeah, I, I went really back and forth on this one um, for a, a couple of reasons. I thought that um, my first thought was, that, why is this not like 10 or 12 points? Uh, Oregon, I don't think you take anything from a Portland State game, even yeah. though they hung like I don't remember how much some obscene 70, some 700 something yards of offense and 80 something points. Um, I think, I think I'm actually, despite that taking Texas tech plus the six and a half here. And um, I don't like it, but here's why I think week two maybe is the second hardest game to, or second hardest week to uh, pick after week one, because because everybody has these like week preseason expectations coming into week one. And then you get a single data point and and the opinion opinion on teams, both like the um, public and professionally in Vegas dramatically swings based on what you see in week one. And sometimes your preseason expectation was like way off. And sometimes week one was the, the outlier. And I think it's a really hard place to win in like Laramie, Wyoming, which I think is like the highest altitude stadium in all of Division one. That's a weird week one for a team like Texas Tech to go to a, a upper tier group of five on the road in a crazy environment in this weird altitude spot and come away with a witch. Just a weird opening game. I, no idea why they scheduled that as their season opener. But despite that, um, you know, they won their last three games of the regular season. They won their bowl game last year. They had a lot of momentum coming into this season. I was pretty high on Texas tech coming into the season and I don't think I'm ready to come all the way off of them yet. So because of that, now they get to be at home in their own kind of crazy raucous environment. Another weird spot, just like it was weird for Tech to go to Wyoming. It's, it's a weird spot for Oregon to travel down to Lubbock. It's great for the sport, just a tough place for Oregon. And so I think Tech makes this extremely close. I, th- I think I, I still like Oregon to win the game, but with all of that in mind, I think this one's going to be really fun. And if it's going to be that fun, I think it's going to stay within the six and a half. So that brings us to the last college game on our slate, Texas traveling to Bama. This is also hopefully going to be really fun. Last year it was insane. Um, I think most people remember the Quinn Ewers injury when Texas felt like they were in control of that game. Alabama drives down the field. Bryce Young looks absolutely incredible down the stretch in that two-minute drive. They kick a field goal and they win, what, like 20 to 19. Now Texas has to go to Tuscaloosa and uh, Alabama's favored by a touchdown at home.
0: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess, I mean, like a lot of these games honestly, the slate, I definitely went back and forth on this one a bit, but it, found it hard to convince myself to pick against Bama in this spot. And I think that may be just be a result of more, a result of like the confidence that I have in Texas, uh, as opposed to um, any feelings about this Alabama team. Um, It feels like, and this is obviously just purely like anecdotal, but from just a casual college football fan's perspective, this feels like the type of game that is very close, back and forth. Maybe Texas even takes the lead into halftime. Everyone is making the jokes about Texas being back. And then everyone gets to kind of laugh a bit at Texas at the end when Alabama <laughs> comes back and wins, <laughs> wins by 14. Um, I, I I think this is probably... I think we're in for another very close game like it was last year. Um, but I, I just see it being the, the type of game where Alabama can pull away in the second half. Um, and seven is a small enough spread for, for me to feel all right, picking them and laying the points. Um, But again, like I said, I think, I think this is going to be going to be pretty close.
1: Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm right there with you on pretty much all of that. I think it'll be fun. Alabama to the extent that a juggernaut like Alabama can feels like they may have something to prove, um you know Nick Saban's not like a dabo bulletin board guy but I do think that um he will know how to use last year's game to motivate his team and having to listen all season to being told that they should have lost a game that they actually won I think will will be a good source of motivation for them especially getting to play at home I think I don't know the, the right way to articulate this because Alabama fans are crazy and have been for years, but the LSU game last year was in LSU. It was in death Valley. They got the Auburn game at home. That was a little bit different. They went going away. Auburn fires their coach. Those being Alabama's two biggest rivals. This is probably the biggest non-conference home game that they've had at least as far as I can remember, because they like to play in the um, the like kickoff-type environments that are neutral site kind of games. I think their stadium, we talk about like raucous or crazy places to play, I think that's going to be a really tough environment to go to if you're Texas. And I don't know how much I trust Quinn Ewers yet. I think Quinn Ewers has to prove to me that he is capable of having the same performance against Alabama he had last year at home capable of having that performance on the road. This This will be a a good test for our boy, Tommy. Um, Yes, it will. The new offensive coordinator um, at Alabama. This will be really, I think Texas has a great defense, one that can compete in the SEC. Um, Not the best defense Alabama will face, but good enough to be considered among them. I think Alabama wins going away in the second half, just like you said, I think it's close early on. I think Alabama is uh, stronger up front defensively. I think that they're going to have a really nice run game. That's something that Tom Reese has always been good at using their um, ultra athletic quarterback in the run game. I think will be beneficial to them and helping kind of pull away in this game. I think it's within a score at halftime and it finishes somewhere in the, the 10 to 14 point range where Texas competes, but never really feels like in the second half, they're really in danger of winning the game. Um, with that, let's flip to the NFL. We've got the uh, Ohio state championship, the Bengals and Browns, Cincinnati favored by two. Joe Burrow, I believe, expected to play in that game after coming back from a calf injury in the preseason. We have the Eagles and Patriots. Um, That game is in Foxborough. Philly favored by four. And Miami and uh, L.A., the Chargers. uh, That game in L.A., Chargers favored by a field goal. And then the Sunday night game, Dallas traveling to the Meadowlands. Um, Dallas favored by three and a half against the Giants. And then the Monday night game, Buffalo also traveling to the Meadowlands. Um, That game against the Jets, Buffalo favored by two and a half there. So starting with the Cincy game, um, this is uh, potentially a really fun quarterback matchup, depending on how high you are on Deshaun Watson in – his first start of the season and how healthy you think Joe Burrow is. Maybe yeah. that's the reason the line is so low. I don't yeah.
0: know. Yeah. I could see that this probably baked into it a bit. And also this just being like a, a divisional games. I feel like you rarely see spreads get, get too crazy on those. Um, this was like the one game that I did not pick prior to us hitting record here. Um, so <laughs> little, a little behind the scenes you get to see me pick a game. <laughs> yeah i went back and forth on this one a bit and i th- i think what i what i'm ultimately landing on is that um it's a small enough spread that it's in my mind kind of just like a, a pick em. um and so for that reason i'm taking the bangles uh i think i, I am not entirely sold on Deshaun Watson returning to his top form just yet and living up to the the contract that, that Cleveland gave him. I think I need to see a little bit more um, from him this, this season to, to sway me on that. Um, and yeah. So because of that, I'm, I'm on Cincy minus two. Uh, I just think they're the better football team.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I know Deshaun Watson when he came back, um, he came back at the end of last season. So this is not the first game he's played since his suspension, but um, I don't think they were that great when he came back. I thought he looked, I guess rusty is really the right word. I think it takes more than being thrown in the middle of a season to be ready to play, and this is not an easy week one matchup for him. Uh, I know they get them at home, but this is still going to be a very difficult Cincinnati defense. And I'm with you. I think the line is small enough that you essentially only lose this. If it's a one point game, which I can't see um, happening. And with that being as small as it is um, I'm, I'm taking the better team with you. I'm taking Cincinnati minus two here. Now, flip to the Eagles and Patriots, Philadelphia traveling to Foxborough, Philly favored by four in this. This will be interesting mostly because I think the most motivated person in this game might be Bill Belichick after the report came out that his girlfriend's breaking up with him. He, um, he seems like uh, the most like football guy in the NFL, except for maybe Dan Campbell. Um, and so, for a story about his personal life to come out, I think is unusual. Um, but if there's anything he knows how to do, it's how to get ready for a uh, a game plan against a good quarterback in uh, Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah, I um, and I, I know like how how good New England's defense is and has been under Belichick, um, but. I just I, I really don't see how how they um, stay within four points of of the Eagles in this matchup. I, I think part of that might have to do with it just being Week One um, and the Eagles having to travel to Foxborough. But I mean I I would anticipate that that Philadelphia is going to win this uh, relatively comfortably, um, even if it might be a a low scoring game. I think New England's just going to have trouble scoring points really and and moving the ball with any consistency so because it's less than a touchdown spread um i'm on on philly in this one
1: yeah i'm i'm right there with you i'm taking philly and this this might be the game i feel the best about in the nfl slate which probably means i'm going to be wrong yep spot on (laughs) but i i I do think that this is the game I I feel the best about, mostly because of what you were alluding to with the um, offense of New England. I I don't see how their offense is going to be um, strong enough to be able to get by. I think what's still going to be a really good Philadelphia defense again this year to keep up with um, Philadelphia's own offense. I think the New England defense is going to be great. From a fantasy perspective, they may be one of the best three defenses for the season as a whole. Uh, but in an individual game spot right here, it's not a not an easy... No defense against the Eagles is an easy matchup. Uh, but I don't see how Mac Jones and the offense can the run game and shortening the game and trying to keep it close. I, I still don't see how they're within four points of of the Eagles. I'm taking. Next, we've got your Miami dolphins uh, traveling to Los Angeles to take on Justin Herbert and the chargers chargers favored by three in this game. Um, maybe it's just me, but I feel like there's some pretty high expectations for Miami coming into this year. Um, people expecting Tua to take yet another leap, um, expecting their offense to be explosive, expecting them to be um, at the top or competing for the top of the AFC.
0: Yeah, and also, I mean, people are excited about the the hire of, of Vic Fangio at defensive coordinator too. They think that's certainly an upgrade. Um, and a lot of, I mean, a lot of the doubts I've seen voiced about the Dolphins are surrounding Tua's health. Um, and while it's definitely like, certainly like a a big question mark. Uh, I I, I, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how, like, I don't think you can like explicitly quantify how likely it is that he is going to like get injured and miss time. Um, But if he stays healthy, they, I mean, the, their ceiling is, is, is pretty high. I mean, they're in a very tough division, probably, you know, one of, one of the toughest divisions, at least in, in the AFC um and so that is you know presents a challenge in and of itself but um they definitely i mean they certainly have what it takes to uh, uh potentially you know compete for probably a a wild card spot um this year uh but yeah a lot of that does hinge on 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 Tua's health but there's certainly a lot to be excited about um and my my pick in this game. So LA is favored by three here. Um, I, full transparency, some of this is just like reverse jinxing because I am a a Dolphins fan, as you said, Pat. Uh, but I, I just, <laughs> it's just a tough spot on the road, week one uh, against what is going to be a very good Chargers team, a team that has kind of failed to live up to some past expectations, but like the pieces are all there, like they could they could easily put it together and make, make a, a, a real run um, deep into the playoffs. Um, so, you know, not super confident as, as a Miami fan. Um, and like a three point spread is, I mean, it's, it's like, I think this is going to be a close game. So I think that's a small enough number to not like give me too much hesitation there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers in this one.
1: Yeah. I like your pick. Um, I go to you for my knowledge on how um, I think Miami is going to do this year. Uh, I think the, just uh, as you mentioned, the Fangio hire is really interesting because it adds a, a complement to You know, Mike McDaniel, everybody thinks is like a big offensive guru. They've got a lot of flashiness on offense, for lack of a better word. They've got between Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and and Tua, of course. I think the defensive changes are what's going to keep pace in what really could be the toughest division in football, depending on how you feel about Aaron Rodgers. I'm with you about week one, though that, that week, week one jitters and week, week one rust is as applicable in the NFL as it is in college. But I do think it is when you've got big coaching changes, um, you know, despite a preseason, you're not playing your 11 on 11 ones um, for the extent of the preseason. So this is really the first time that Dolphins defensive unit under Vic Fangio is going to be tested. And that's a tough test against justin herbert and the chargers and so even though i'm i'm with you i think that the the dolphins are are really competitive this year i think it may take two or three weeks before that defense is really um fully in fruition and i'm because of that i'm taking the chargers here in this spot So two more games, the the two night games on the NFL slate, the first excluding the Thursday night game, which is shaped up to be a really nice game at at this point was it's uh, like a three point game in Kansas City is deep in um, Detroit territory. This looks like it may come down to the wire. But the other two night games, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game, starting with the Sunday night game, Dallas traveling to uh, New York to take on Daniel Jones. And the Giants, Dallas favored by three and a half there. Lots of expectations for Dallas, as there are every season. Um, At least it feels like when you've got somebody like Jerry Jones, it's always going to feel like Dallas has high expectations. Um, Three and a half, the field goal and the hook, interesting. Um,
0: Yeah, what do you think? These these teams to me, again, like like we talked about um, earlier, like I feel like these teams are, at least in my mind, I view them on a pretty level playing field. Um, and so I'm, I'm just not going to try to overthink this one and just take the points because I am getting the hook and the Giants are playing at home. It feels like the safer play to me. Um, but like, I mean, I don't think it's a given that Dallas is going to finish a year with a better record than than the Giants, I I think. Um, the Giants ended last season pretty pretty strong and, and are looking to, to build on that a bit and I think it, it's definitely possible that we see them do so this season so I'm taking, taking the Giants plus the points
1: yeah I think this one's really interesting um, I'm very curious to see what the it's kind of a new look Dallas offense, um, with Zeke gone, I know Tony Pollard was the feature back last year. And so, um, there's not a huge change there, Um, at least a different philosophy, not having Zeke and then, um, adding Brandon cooks to the receiver room. Um, I don't know. I, it feels like there are some unknowns, despite the high expectations. I'm really curious to see what that's going to look like. I thought the Giants finished really strongly last year, exceeded yeah. a lot of people's expectation, and um, they're at home. I I don't know. I I really went back and forth on this, and I paused because I. So I'm with you, I should say. I had Dallas minus three and a half, but the more I was thinking about it, um, as we were introducing this game, the more I'm really paused. This is maybe the game I feel the worst about on the NFL slate. And it's mostly because I'm kind of high on the giants. I think Daniel Jones is going to live up to the um, contract extension that he signed. I think Saquon when healthy will be good for them. Uh, I think the giants might be more competitive than Dallas or Philly wants them to be. So, I am taking Dallas. I just don't feel good about it. Um, not to mention, the speaking of all the changes on Dallas, um, the Kellen Moore is gone, and uh, head coach Mike McCarthy is calling the plays again. So, also curious to see how that goes. But that brings us to our last game. Uh, the Bills head into the Giants. Uh, I'm not surprised the NFL made this the Monday night game with all the whole Aaron Rodgers saga eventually landing in New York um, and leading the jets in this game against Josh Allen and the, the Buffalo bills Buffalo favored by two and a half here, small line for where these two teams finished last season.
0: Yeah, they split the, their meetings last year as well with, um, them each winning at home uh man yeah this is it's it is kind of tough for me to get a a true like read on this one because um like i i think buffalo is is the better team heading into this season but i just don't know how exactly aaron Rodgers is going to look and produce in this jets offense um he's certainly like a big enough of a X factor to give me pause when making this pick here, but my initial lean was, was Buffalo. And I think I'm going to stick with it just because it is um, it is a small enough spread to not, uh, you know, not have to to lay too much. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if, if the jets pulled this off. Um, and I mean, this is as I, I talked about the AFC East briefly earlier, but it's going to be, a, you know, a, a super competitive division Um, I don't think there is as clear cut favorite to win the division as some people might you know say there is Um, but um, for 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 this week one until until I get a a chance to to learn more about them I'm I'm sticking with the bills so I'm taking Buffalo minus two and a half
1: yeah I'm I'm with you I'm I'm taking Buffalo here and I I think the Jets might be really competitive this year. I thought they were pretty darn good last year. They just had quarterback problems. Despite that, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is gonna walk in um, like Sam Hartman did at Notre Dame and immediately give a significant upgrade and completely change how people view the the ceiling of their season. Um, despite how good he is, I, I just I think the Jets were already a good team, and Aaron is still as good as ever. But towards the end of his career, I just I I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that the Jets are going to be very competitive this year, and I I wouldn't give a hundred percent of that credit for them being competitive to Aaron Rodgers alone. Uh, but that being said, I think Buffalo and Kansas City are still the class of the AFC. And in a spot like this, I think I trust the young guy in Josh Allen a little bit more. I think Buffalo's defense will be great again. And kind of like how I'm interested to see how uh, the kind of new look offense comes together in Dallas. I I think the new look offense in New York may take more than week one to get rolling and, and, same thing, a really tough opponent to come in and play him in, in week one when you're getting it rolling. So I'm taking Buffalo here. And, um, that does make me take all five NFL favorites, which makes me feel awful given that, uh, favorites last year were like 40% against the spread.
0: I did not know that. <laughs>
1: me neither until i had already made all my picks and uh, now i got to stick with them um but uh, i'm 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 sticking with them so that um that about wraps it up should be a, a really fun weekend of football week 2 in college so you get a second data point to to try to see Um, like in some places where we had alluded to some discrepancy between, um, preseason and week one, which one was right, was preseason expectation, right. Or, or what did we see in week one? Is that the truth? Uh, And then the NFL opening weekend, um, get to see, um, some new look offenses as, as we alluded to a little bit, um, with Aaron Rodgers and Dallas, um, get to see, um, so what should be some, some really exciting games in Miami traveling and, uh, uh, even Philly traveling to new England. So we'll see. Hopefully we do better than we did last year. Um, I mean, the last year do better than we did last week. This is uh, a nice bounce back week. But let us know what yeah, you think. Positive vibes, you positive vibes. That's right. That's right. Baby positive <laughs> vibes only. Um, and, uh, We're going to shut it down so we can watch the end of this game. Detroit just took the lead on Kansas City deep into the fourth quarter. Um, You talk about some new look and some optimism. Uh, Imagine if Detroit pulls this off. Um, So uh, let us know what you think about the picks. Um, Let us know what you think about the games. We'll definitely be watching. Um, Hit the like and subscribe button if you haven't already. And we'll see you next time.